Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Better Parenting Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her innovative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of energy profiling, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol's hope is that you will be able to say, I am a better parent thanks to Carol Tuttle and what she teaches. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. Good morning and welcome to the Better Parenting Show with Carol Tuttle. This is Carol Tuttle and I'm very happy to be with you today. I'm excited for today's topic. It's um, a really great topic that I know a lot of my followers and students of energy profiling are going to get very excited about how to profile babies and children because energy profiling is a unique system that allows us to come um, to come to understand a child's true nature even in their earliest days of life. And so I'm going to give you some tips on how to do that today. I'm in the process of writing my next book. I'm an author. I've written four books today, and this is my fifth book. It's called The Child Whisperer, How to Effectively Raise a Child True to Their Nature. I'm very, very excited about this new work I'm involved in, taking this very awesome and life-supporting model of energy profiling and really applying it to the parenting world. And that's what the focus of this show is, so that we can get that conversation going and use those resources now and start to implement how effective these tools can be so that you can experience more harmony, more mutual support, more cooperation, and just more full and complete understanding of who you are, who your children are, and to let everybody live true to themselves in their own authentic gift, in their own authentic power, and to truly raise your children in a manner that they can transition into their adult lives with their true nature intact and a personality to complement that and an ability to honor themselves and honor other people. And that's a powerful tool to have as a parent, to be able to raise a human being with that as the result. And that's really my passion and my goal, and I love doing this work in the parenting world. Just a few updates. I'm excited for our upcoming Be You, Be Beautiful event for our Dressing Your Truth community. If you're new to Dressing Your Truth and you've not yet joined our community, please um, check it out at dressingyourtruth.com. I believe it supports every woman at putting aside and being set free from the false programming, a lot of the the limited conditioning that the fashion and beauty world influences in our lives from a very early age. And it really sets us free to see our own true beauty and to really start to live it, express it, and to put it together in fashion and style and to really have fun. And that's a powerful thing to give to yourself. So check out DressingYourTruth.com and We'll be hosting our second annual event, September 27th, 8th, and 9th. You can go to BUBeBeautiful.com. We have a promotion we just launched today where we have some group pricing. So if you've been talking about coming with a friend or a group, we've got some great discounts for groups. Signing up together, You can, if you're not able to find that, always just email support at dressingyourtruth.com, and they'll connect you with those promotional emails and the resources you need to get take advantage of that pricing. In the last couple weeks, um, again, I just want to highlight some of our, some of our um, new and exciting ventures in our company. The parent company that is the full company is called Live Your Truth, 
And we just launched a new online store for our Dressing Your Truth online shopping experience. And it's a remarkable, beautiful, easy-to-navigate online store. And along with that, we launched a clothing line. So you can now let us be your personal shoppers, and we find amazing clothes, jewelry, accessories, hair care, makeup that's perfect for your type of beauty. So check out our new online store at DressingYourTruth.com. Well, let's get into today's topic, how to profile babies and children. I want to preface this with some key understandings. One of the most essential understandings when you're profiling a baby or a child, now this is true for the for energy profiling at large, and the whole model needs to be seen through this lens, but it's, it's essential if you're going to profile a baby or a toddler or child correctly. And that is to understand what you're assessing and what you're looking at is movement. You're not looking for personality, especially in a baby, especially in a toddler. Their personality is forming. Their personality is coming to be. And a lot of that personality is going to develop based on the feedback you give your baby and your children. Because it's very easy, um, as we all know, because we all are byproducts of this, because our parents did not have this information. So we were influenced to develop a personality to some degree, and for unfortunately for many, to too large a degree, a personality that questions their true nature. And so I believe that nature exists before personality. And energy profiling is a profiling system that assesses nature. And nature is first identified as movement. If you've not yet read my book, It's Just My Nature, I capture in the front part of the book how the four types, the, it, the movement of the four types is expressed in the nature kingdom. And the four movements that are embodied in the four types then are expressed in human nature. And so a child comes with this nature. A baby comes with this nature. And you can start to see it at very early ages. So I'm just going to give you some of the key references of movement that I've noticed in each of the four types based on the primary movement that the each of the types expresses naturally. So if our type 1 expression, the, the movement of a type 1, just looking at it, like I teach it in the book, It's Just My Nature, just experiencing it in the nature kingdom, the two key words we use is upward and light. It's more random, buoyant, spontaneous, unstructured. It has an effervescent quality to it, a sparkle. These are all words that reference movement. Now, in a baby and a child, you're going to experience those movements and a much higher movement in how they they are these kids that enjoy movement. They enjoy being moved room to room. They enjoy different stimulus. A type 1 baby is very aware of what's going on around them because they like to take in all the movement. They're very socially oriented in their nature so they're looking outside themselves to see what they can connect with. And they love the movement of the, I think they're called those Johnny jump-ups, those things you hang in the door. They like to be bounced around. They like to be moved a lot. They enjoy movement. They like light-free movement. These are the babies that aren't going to want to be swaddled and held tightly. They want to kick their legs. They want to they want to move around. They want to squirm. And I think moving them from 
different locations is really supportive. Like, don't put a type 1 baby in a child, like a baby seat. I would actually try and sit them up in a swing or when they're old enough to put them in those walkers that they can sit more upright. They don't want to be leaning back. They want to be up so they can engage with their world. And most of it is to visually start to see what's going on so they can start to connect. And so they're going to be the children, the babies, that you notice that higher movement and that they aren't going to be as prone to structured sleep schedules. They'd probably do better to have things mixed up a little bit. You're going to notice in their faces that more cherub look, a lot of circles or animated shapes. We say circles and stars, but they're going to have a pixie kind of look. Their ears might poke out. They've got those really round eyes that pop. They, Their whole face lights up and is an upward smile. Their face shape is more animated in its quality. They have the p- sounds they make as babies are going to be more rise and falls and, and shrieking type ones, like really high pitches and um, liking to hear themselves make those noises. That's movement for them, the gurgling. When they discover they can make noises, they have, they're entertaining themselves. They want to be entertained. So they love being sung to, kind of a, being sung, um, engaged with, playfulness. So when they move into their toddler and when they're a child, they're going to be more bouncy. They're going to be what we've labeled hyperactive, which isn't the case. They just will need to disconnect from a structured environment that's too long for them. So they'll be labeled the kids that can't sit still. Well, they need to not be expected to sit still for as long a time. Their quality is connect, disconnect, connect again, disconnect. There's a, um, that supports them. And so when they move into their more toddler and then school years, you might have a negative opinion of their movement. You might have started to label them that they're just too much. You know, can't you ever sit still? So that's going to be a common thing in type 1 child. Can't you ever sit still? And, it, you know, are you say, type 3s can get that too, but there's a lighter movement to a type 1 child. It's bouncier. The distinguishing factors between a type 1 and a type 3 is type 1 is like a bouncing ball. Type 3 is a push forward, kind of a bowl. Kind of a bowl like <clears throat> type 1 is a lightness a bounce, um, a randomness. And so in their childhood, if they're being shamed for their higher movement, we're going to talk about that next week, the wounded adult. What happens when they're, well, you're listening. You may be that wounded adult. So notice the higher movement in a child I've talked a little bit about their facial features, some of the qualities of a baby and children. I just captured a few things here about what we say to them, what we're noticing, and how we can get annoyed and irritated by this higher movement. And so, invite you know, what do you, the, we talk a lot about in other shows. I'm not going to get into that. There's a lot of content in all the archive shows on how to create environments and parenting approaches that support this movement. So it's an attribute rather than perceived as a weakness and a detriment because when it starts to be treated as an attribute, as a gift, then the personality that forms knows how to work with the movement to really make it useful, to really make it a gift. And in that gift, you create a lot of successes in life and how they use it in all of the different life experiences that we have. Now, type two, we're going to, the movement is fluid and flowing. It softens. It's relaxed. It's a downward cascading movement. It's gentle. 
It's subtle. It has a softer um, quality to it. And in a baby, how we experience that movement, these are the children we we tend, the most common perception that's placed on these babies is they're so easygoing. You know, I'm even parent mothers will say, oh, they're my little angel. They're so easy. They're so calm. Because they are the relaxed nature, the relaxed movement. They will not get as... Now, there can be some some possible challenges to that more sensitive, gentle, relaxed nature. Now, fortunately, in the baby world, most things are comfy and soft. But if you put a type 2, and I actually talk about this in the book, if you put a type 2 in something that's irritating to their skin, that they're not comfortable in, you could have a very fussy baby if their sleeping arrangement isn't really comfortable and really holds them in a cozy way with the blankets you're using, the temperature of the room, different dynamics like that. There, You could have a very fussy type 2 baby. But when they're comfortable, they're easy. Now, these are the babies that want to be swaddled and kept close to mom a little, a little longer than the other types. Their Their womb period extends after they come out of the womb for several months. Now, in their features, the thing that I notice is they have the, in most babies and children, for looking at their faces, I notice they're heavy, the cheeks that have a heavier, they're kind of weighted at the bottom. They're really full on the bottom. And it's as though their face, the best way I can describe it is it's like it melted a little bit, so everything's flowing a little bit downward. It looks like everything's moving in a downward motion. Their eyebrows come down. Their eyes have a downward slant to them. But especially they have that fuller, that fullness on the area of their cheek that blends right into their jawline. And they just kind of have this hound dog look to their face, kind of that, not nearly to the, because hound dogs have very droopy features, but that kind of quality to it. And as they develop, um, they're just some of the things I capture in the book that, that they're they're the more moody, they have a tendency to whine more and fuss because they don't have as great a capacity to speak up to say what they want. They have to be really consciously supported in that in a loving, sensitive way. So profiling a type 2 baby, the movement that I've just spoken of is what's the primary quality in who they are. The key thing is you don't want to project onto them that that's a weakness. Type 2s are, well, I'll talk about that next week because I don't want to cover next week's topic, but profiling a type 2 baby, one of the key things I notice that parents say is if that baby's comfortable and that child's comfortable is they're my little angel. They're, you feel that sense of, you feel their sensitivity and their very heartfelt loving nature in their energy. And in their movement, they're just a little quieter. They're, I don't like to use the I want to get rid of words like shy. Um, you know, that, that to me is not an honoring label for a child. And for people that think that energy profiling labels children, are you kidding me? We are labeling children right and left with a lot of dishonoring labels. And I hope these new labels of subtle to replace shy, my intent is to honor our children rather than make them perceive themselves that they have a limitation. Because I can tell you, you I've worked now with, there's tens of thousands of adults that have had the benefit of the energy profiling system that have had that correction that's been corrected in their life. And I hope to influence the parenting world in a way that we don't do the damage so we don't have to grow up and correct it. 
So that's just some tips on how to profile a type 2. Now a type 3, that movement's swift, abrupt. It's more, um, it has a having a kind of a weighted quality to it, which creates a sort of determined nature in a child. It's a push forward. It's, um, it's not at all what we've ever thought to be feminine. That's why I'm really, really excited for the type 3 baby girls and young girls, young female children to have this reference of self so they can be honored for their very powerful, fiery spirits. They're very spirited, very fiery nature. And these children I've noticed in their movement, there's a couple of things I notice that in ba- their baby stage that's very typical is more than any other type, they have this really great capacity to scowl, to actually furrow their brow and their whole face. They have strong facial muscles that way. And even as the tiniest infants, they come in with, they can make these faces that are just <clears throat> really intense looking. And then they have a tendency to have more guttural growling sounds. Even little girls, little baby girls, little boys, they, they're a heavy kind of growly, gurgling um my little grandson, he'll walk around the house just growling, you know, stomping his feet. Ah, you know, he's two and a half. And uh, he just has this real weighted energy. It's real heavy-footed. Um, these are the kids we tend to get worn out by. They wear, they, they've created the label of terrible twos because they're, where type 1's orientation is social, type 2's is emotional, type 3's is a physical. Once they get mobile and know they can get their hands on stuff, they're like, I want to get my hands on everything. What's in that drawer? What's in there? Where can I find new things to touch, to pull out? You know, they, they are very hands-on um, in their connection with the world, and they're very physical. And so these are the, in their baby stage, they probably aren't as they're not as determined to walk when they can figure out how fast they can get to something crawling. Now they do have a higher movement like type ones, but it's not as jumpy. It's more pushy, more getting into stuff, more more just cha- taking on challenges. So the don't do that is the the best invitation to to engage your type 3 child to say really let me see if i can not they're not even able to process that thought when they're young that type 3s love to be challenged so the no becomes a challenge so i'm going to give you there's all kinds of tips and all the archives on how to redirect that energy so you're not what it is when you push a type 3 they push back when you act they react and so you have to really learn how to be um, engaging to guide that energy so it's not a push and shoving match, even with the baby. Because uh, they're going to some other tendencies I've seen. They nurse more quickly. They, they're, they're, they get really hungry. They nurse really quick. Then they're done. It's like a download. You know, or they feed from a bottle very, very fast. And type 3 adults, we eat fast too. They... Uh, they go, 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 and then they crash kind of with their sleep, you know. They push it, and then, bam, they're out. But then they're awake, they're awake. And you're like, oh, man, you just woke up at 4 a.m., please. <laughs> and they're, like, ready to go. So, and and these are the kids. I just I had a friend visiting earlier this week. She was telling me about her daughter who's six years old who's a type 3. And... They thought she was home playing, and they got a call from a neighbor from, you know, it was a safe distance, but definitely it was something you'd want to know your six-year-old was taken off to go do. The neighbor, um, ways down the street, called and said, did you know, you know, so-and-so was here? And the mom, mom's type four, so she was a little bit uh, thrown by that. It's like, that wasn't okay. That was, like, not okay, so... I helped her see, though, a way to handle that where that six-year-old really thought, you know, I know where my friend lives. I'm going to go 
you know, we're the fu- ready, ready, fire, aim. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go see my friend and I'm going to see if I can get there. So rather than just scold the child for not, for not, for just taking off, I suggested she approach it with, wow, you're so adventurous. That's really challenging. That's amazing. That's really cool. You got down to the neighbor's house. You know, how was that? Was that hard? No. You know, to talk to her about it and say, how you know, did was that easy for you to do? Be impressed by it. You know, wow, that's impressive. You're really good at taking care of yourself that way. And what would help mommy is come and tell me that's what you want to do. And then I can support you. Now, she's probably not wanting to tell mommy because mommy's going to say no. See, so you got to work within this world of if I keep saying no to my type 3 little one, well, they're going to push it more. They become, I hear, you know, I get the questions from the moms and the parents that are saying, they're overwhelming me. And they're like, man, they need a, they need room to get out there in the world. And you're going to find, too, that if you're not letting a type 3 toddler get out and about, playgrounds, other people's houses, playgroups, not structured preschool, sit down and learn, places to roam, to uh, really get their physical hit. That will build, 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 and then maybe you're dealing with a very intense child that's pushing everybody's buttons because they just got too much pent-up energy. And everyone's now deeming them the problem kid, you know, the the problem baby, the the, the problem toddler, the problem child, because they're too much. They're too, you know, they get everybody... And then they're bored, so they're just pushing everybody's buttons to get a reaction. So there's some tips on profiling a type three. Oh, and their faces, the scowling. They have that. Um, I notice type threes tend to have their little noses seem a little bit bigger. They a little more substance to their noses. Um, it's especially important to learn more about dressing your truth for a little type three baby girl because. We have more chiseled, textured, kind of angular features that aren't soft and cute. And so um, little type 3 baby girls can look a little bit boyish. You know, it wouldn't be surprised me a bit if a little type 3 girl could just sit a glass, oh, is that your little boy? It's like, no, that's my little girl. And so cute pink bows on a type 3 girl is going to make her even look um, less feminine because it's going to be in contrast with her more textured, angular, intense um, facial features. And then type 3 little boy, I notice their hairlines have more angular lines. They tend to have a little more texture in their hands. They have those what we call cat eyes. They're very deep angles on the inner and outer part of the eye. But the most distinguishing feature I see in a type 3 baby is that scowling and the growling that they make in their sounds. Now, type 4, type 4 movement is our very linear, structured, very exact. Uh, There's a quality of stillness to it. It has a reflective quality to it. The movement is just um, very straightforward has an ability to mirror itself and in a baby now all children all babies and children have certain qualities that are going to be in all of them they're babies and they're children but they're going to be distinctly different according to their type so any type's going to have an ability to be very playful and fun and you know feel free to move in an environment they're very comfortable in and to run and do all the things children do. They'll do very distinct things differently. And so we tend to think that all babies and children are type 1 in the movement. That's not the case. In the type 4 baby world, the most 
obvious facial feature I see you know, in every type 4 baby I've ever seen is their face has more of a boxy look to it due to the sides of their face are like two parallel lines, very straight. I can see, and it's, and because their faces are small, they have a little bit more of a box quality to it. But these parallel lines on each side of their face. And when I look at their fingers, you could draw straight lines if their fingers are together. They're very straight lines between their fingers. And they typically have straight eyebrows, even if they're very, very faint and a more rectangular forehead. But I always see those sides, um, those straight lines on the sides of their face. Now, some of they're going to be the less verbal, and, like, they're going to be the... They may get irritated if you're trying to coo and tickle them, and they might like some of that. just depends on their mood. Now, we put our type 4 grandson in a Johnny Jump Up, and he hated it. It's like get me out. He just cried. It's like, oh, I do not want to be bouncing around in this thing. Now, they're going to love to just observe and watch without having to respond to it. They're the most capable of sitting for the longest periods of time just watching what's going on around them. It was interesting that my daughter, who's very type 1, she loves to sing and be very playful in her kind of movement around the house. And she noticed that Seth, when he was a baby, he was more entertained by just being in his baby seat watching her than her engaging him with her, picking him up and including him in that movement. He liked just observing it. Now, we get a little confused with the word stillness because we think that's just this, you know, type four sit around. But they have the greatest capacity to sit still for the longest periods of time and to be in a more quiet, structured place and to be able to accommodate that. I've seen children, type four moms bring type four children into our store. And these kids kind of, they know, just have a sixth sense for knowing I don't run around and pull things off. This is a place where I need to be more contained. They'll even sit. And look at, you know, they'll sit on a chair and for a fairly significant period of time, even 20 minutes, because there's no way type 1's doing that. No way a type 2's or type 3's doing that. And the type 2 would be more clinging to their mom's leg because they're in an unfamiliar environment and they want to be right next to their mom. So type 4's have the greatest capacity to sit still when it's required. And that's true for adults as well. And so they're, um, even into their childhood, they're gonna, their connection to the world is intellectual. They're the least designed to be social at first. So the thing that they hear is smile more or you need to be more friendly. Because your type 4 baby may not want to be passed to the stranger that, can I hold your baby? And your type 4 baby may be like, I don't want to be held by this person. I don't know their energy. The type 4 toddler may not want to be talking to, you know, they're going to look down at the ground and they're not going to be able to look up and engage with the neighbor that they don't know very well. It's awkward. A type 2 can do that as well, but the type 4s are the most, what we use the word, reserved. Well, they're most inward. Their energy moves inward. We've given it the name reserved. But then we tend to think that's a negative attribute. Like, you got to work on that. You're too reserved. And I promise you, when you raise a child true to their nature, none of these become detriments. They're all just managed in a way that they actually aren't fighting them. And that then as they develop and grow, they can come into their childhood, teen, and adult years working with their nature, really aware of their nature, so that they don't feel in conflict with it. So, type fours... Um, in their baby experience are the most adapt, most supported by a very structured environment, um, a lot of repetition. They are the ones that don't mix their food up a lot. They like the same thing for the, more, the longer periods of time. They like the things that help them develop their 
intellectual development, things that they can figure out. Anything that these are the kids are going to say, I want to. Type threes do this as well, but we they do it for different reasons. Type threes will say, I'm going to do it myself because they want the challenge. Type fours will say, I want to do it myself because they want to figure it out. Any task as they start to become toddlers, anything they can do that they see an adult doing that they can accomplish is very, very gratifying to them. Very satisfying. It's like I did it because of that their desire to develop their intellectual capacities to figure things out. And so you're going to hear a lot of that from a type four child. I want to do it myself because they also want to be their own authority. And we're going to teach you in the book a lot of ways to help your parent with your type four child so they are their own, your, their own authority, but you're not abandoning your parenting role. So that's the lowdown on the how to profile babies and children. I'd love for you, if, if there's something I did not cover, you were hoping I'd talk about today, or you've got some questions, now's the time to call in and let me know what else you're curious about. And my observation of how to profile babies and children, so you can call in at 347-677-1963. If you're listening to the recording, you can email your your this listening has prompted a question. I can take that on a future show. Just email parenting at liveyourtruth.com. So I'd love to hear from you. Um, if you have another question of any other topic, please feel free to call in. I'm going to um, turn the rest of the time over to questions. So 347-677-1963. And press the number one twice on your phone. In the meantime, um, let's see if we get any callers. I've got a few questions that were submitted through parenting at liveyourtruth.com. And the first one came in from a mom. Um, name's Amy. Hi, Carol. I have a question for you. I have a three-year-old daughter who is having some issues lately, and I wanted to ask your advice. I'm a type 2, and I, I knew she was a type 2 before I even finished the question because type 2s will preface their question a lot with, can I ask you a question or I have a question for you. They'll prepare you that a question is coming. Now, I have back to babies and children and toddlers. All of the types ask questions for different motives, for different reasons of what they're trying to accomplish. So not just type 2 children ask questions. Type 4s ask a ton of questions because of their curiosity on how the world works. Type 2s will ask more emotionally based questions, like, you know, to check in to see how everything's going. Is everything okay here? Type 4s are going to ask questions based on their desire to understand the functions and working of the world. I'd say type 3s ask the least questions and then because they just they they think and act so free um, freely. Type ones, they're curious, their curiosity, their imaginations. They're going to ask questions that really come from an imag imaginative mind. They're they're very um, creative minds. All children again are creative. We're just saying what the different types have more natural dispositions for. That doesn't mean the other types don't have it. It's just what comes more naturally when you say you're a natural at it. That's what I'm referring to. So that's a little side note on questions. So I have a three-year-old daughter who has some issues lately and wanted to ask her advice. I'm a type 2, and I have an inkling that she is a type 2 as well, but I'm not sure. Whenever she is in a large group, she tends to be overwhelmed by the energy and shuts down by going into a corner by herself or crying to get away. She's very tender and sweet and, and sweet-natured. But it seems that she is very hard. She has a very hard time with being in a group that she is unfamiliar with. Does this perhaps indicate any clues to her energy type? And what suggestions do you have for me to help her in these types of situations? I guess I don't want to force her to be social butterfly if it's not her nature and it's upsetting to her. Any suggestions would help. You totally just told me that your daughter's a type two by the different your different um, references and your she's very sweet. She's tender and sweet natured. So you're recognizing her movement. 
a social butterfly is a type 1. So see, you're distinguishing that she's not a type 1. She's a type 2. So what you want to do is not worry about it. Let her stay close to you, hunker in towards you, be with you. She needs to assess things. She needs to take it in. She needs to spend some time to feel the space, to feel, to get familiar with it. That's a type 2 nature, to take some time to connect. And in that process of connecting and feeling it out, again, they're emotionally based, they'll start to venture into it a little bit. Now, if it's a short timeline, she may not. But if you're there for 30, 45, you know, 15, 20 minutes, she'll start to kind of get into the group, get uh, explore a little more, then she'll come back to you. We noticed this when we had our study group and we had moms come in and we, they brought their kids. The type twos would sit on their mom's laps, kind of stay with their mom a little longer, observe everything, take it in, get a feel for it. Then they'd kind of go and explore a little bit, go connect with another child. Um, then they'd come back to their moms in a few minutes. Kind of that was home base, and they'd kind of see how that felt. Then they'd venture out again. So all good. She's being true to herself. Just support her in that. And she'll be fine. She'll she'll then have developed her way of, she'll have a more advanced capacity to assess situations and go, how's this feel to me? Am I comfortable here? You know, and how do I want to engage here? She's going to have a real great quality to do that. All type twos would if parents would recognize this need and let them have the time they need. Let's see if I've got, I've got a caller. Nine eight nine, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. Hi, what's your name? My name is Meredith. Hi, Meredith. And I have, uh, I guess, I'd like some advice about how I, as a type two mom, can um, not butt head so often with my very type four ten year old daughter. What are you butting heads on right now? Um, just about everything. <laughs> How do um, you approach her? Let's see. Um, Give me just an example. A recent butting head. Recently, rec- oh, gosh, let me let me think. What what's the best? Uh, don't worry, just anyone will work. Any any old thing. Um, yep. This morning, this morning, we'll, we'll start there. There um, you go. She promised, she promised me last night, you know, she, she's got to do, and I'm trying to give her space to do things her way. Um, but last night she assured me that she was going to set her clock and get up extra early because she hadn't, she didn't want to make her lunch last night. She wanted to get up early and do it this morning. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that didn't happen. And, um, you know, and so that was a big so what happened this morning? Did, did she make her? Did you let her make her lunch? Yeah, she did. She made it this morning, and I kind of had to, you know. <laughs> but you let her do what she agreed. But so you gave her the time to do it. So so you're gonna you're letting her walk. My sense is, type two moms can become doormats to these powerhouse kids. So. What if you had said to her last night? Now, the I don't the conversation you had with her. Did you let her decide she was going to say, "Okay, you're in charge of your lunch. How are you going to handle it?" Yeah, pretty. That's pretty much how it how it. Okay, you know, she, so she, she decided said, this, correct? She, she decided said, "Would it be okay?" You? Yeah, would it be okay if I get up early and do it instead of doing it tonight? And I said, "Do you know?" Okay, the next step you should have said, "And if you do not, what's the consequence?" Right. If you do not, what's your consequence? And she can name it and go, all right, I'm going to hold you to that. And uh, the consequence, and you got to decide it's going to be reasonable. You know, you got. I would have said, then you're going to you're going to grab an apple or a cheese stick and throw it in a bag, and that's it. You will not right. have time to make what you want. And, I, and essentially, I guess, I guess that's what happened. But I felt like she left, and it was all so. Let her. You're gonna, your job is let her be bugged. You're being more emotionally based. You're going to feel bad. Right. You got to. Right. You got you to gotta not let that get. You've got to just say, okay, she. You know, she, that's what she 
hours are based on her choice. That's how it played out. It could have right. been she'll learn. She'll go, well, do you want to experience that again? See, again, she, she by this point at age 10, she knows you're a pushover. Well, no, so, well, I, I don't. I don't think that that's she knows she I've, can get you emotionally. I've tried to pull back because I I feel like don't don't. This is I feel like if I don't, then, then we are just we are just. Now you need throat. to say to her, you need to know that I'm more sensitive. I am more sensitive than you. That I don't like to see you that way. I don't want you to leave the house mad. Right. I'm really sensitive to that. Don't pull back. See, that's where, type, you know, parents tend to think they got to be more like the type their children is to be effective. No, you got to just understand their nature and work with it. But be you. You're more yeah. sensitive. That that you don't like her leaving mad. Right, and I I think what I've what I've tried to do since I we've all been trying to live our truths a little more here at this house um, is to not engage her in power struggles. And, that, and that's what I was doing before. So, so, yeah, she's so for win. me, it's, you don't have you don't have the big, staying power for that. That's just going to energetically deplete you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's not so you. So for me, it was a, it was a big deal to say, right? Okay, you handle it your way. And I guess maybe, but that's too much abandonment. That's too. That's kind of just you throwing your hands up, saying, "I'm not there for you." That's okay. not. That's too far. That's extreme. Right. All right. Well, one, one more, one it's more quick question because this our our other big conflict is, you know, and I think, gosh, you know, you're a type four. You're supposed to be really tidy and have everything in its place, and um, she's not that way. And that may be kind of her <laughs> secondary nature coming into things. Could be, um, and it could be her way of having at this point because, granted, you haven't known this about her very long. You haven't yeah. raised her true to her nature, and that may be her place to say, "You're not going to tell me what to do." Yeah, kind of getting that. <laughs> kind of feel like yeah. she's asserting, you know, no, I'm not. Right. I, I'm and not going to. She's rebelling because type right. fours will rebel to say, I can't have you tell me all the time what the roles are. You know, they they don't mm-hmm. know it. It's just subconscious in them. You know, there. But that's probably my what my I, what I'm reading on it is that she is rebelling there. And give that a little more time. There's other more important things to work out between her right now. Don't worry okay. about the room. Don't worry about there. There, you're creating a mutual support and co-op, your love for each other, and that she needs to know you're there for her and working out those kinks. That's much more important than her room being clean. That's a little further down the list. You got other stuff that you I need to work on. I gotta let that go. Even I go in yeah, there. Yeah, you do. I do. Time. I think so because that'll come around. Okay. Um, but you need to Just work on who she is, you believing her. that she has faith in you as her mom, that she's not this difficult child for you to really drop all those labels, to see that she's a strong little girl. You know, she's very, she's she has a real strength to her. But you have your own strength. It just has a more relaxed manner. But you've got, you're, I think you're judging yourself to not, to be a little, but you, you maybe don't have what it takes, and you do. You've got to trust who you are and that you're her mom for a reason, and she needs the power of your sensitivity right? and your calming influence because this is a child that can get very anal in her life and very hard on herself. Mm-hmm. She needs to learn. to. She needs, you know, we bring each other our um, the, the strengths of each of our types to say, I'm going to help teach you how to be more like me, not to become me, but, yeah, could type fours be, do they benefit learning to be more sensitive, more heart-centered? Yeah. You offer her that. You offer her that experience by her being with you and her learning that from you. Right. She needs to, I think she's coming into a really challenging time too which is your pre-teen years you know i don't know if you're into dressing your truth but that's a awesome age to get them learning this because what starts coming up about their appearance is um that's my one of my goals is to stop the craziness of that for 10 to 13 year old girls 
Yes. yes. By educating their mothers, you know. I, I don't go to the 10 to 13-year-olds. I'm I'm reaching out to their moms and grandmas to say, you need to learn this, and then you need to stop it in your next generation, you know. And So she's got stuff going on she's not telling you right now. I can tell you that yeah. right now. Because she's she... not feeling 100% safe with you. And okay. type 4s will not open up unless they feel you totally get them and they've got your loyalty. So she's got yeah, that's some personal of, that's, stuff going on. Yeah. For a few years now, that's been kind of one of her favorite mantras is, you just don't understand me. Exactly. That's, yeah. And you don't. You have not. Admit that. Yeah. Agree yeah. with her. Say, you are right. I have not. And it's my, I am so committed to want to understand you and love you just for who you are and not right. for your room and not for your grades and not for all the things that type four things type fours do so yeah. effortlessly because they are so great at execution in a structured world as children, but because you just love her and let yeah. her feel your heart and agree with her, you have not understood her. Not because you didn't right. want to. You just right. didn't have the knowledge. Right. So, now so I, give her I that. Think she, I think give she would really that. appreciate it. That's really good advice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, give her that. I think mean, it's probably the best thing I, one of the – I mean – I love the show because all this stuff comes out of the show, and I'm like, wow, i got to put that in the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, what's the harm in, in acknowledging that and saying, not because I haven't wanted to, but you're right, I haven't understood you. Yeah. Let's well, very together. good. Yeah, I, I've got three girls, and she's the one, she's my oldest, and she's the one that I just kind of, tear my hair out about and go to bed at night. you got to stop all those references, okay, because you're creating that. You're putting energy on that. You've got to really trust. I'm so grateful. I've got new tools. I'm learning. I'm really, you know, we got this before it really became an issue. Wow. Because, you you know, we're talking 10 years old, this is doable. You're going to shift this really, really easily versus her being 16 and you had six more years into this. So you really need to look at the blessings right now and, and the advantage you have right now with her only being 10. So stop all your tearing your hair out and I don't know and I don't get this kid. you got to just stop all that because you're creating that. Stop the agonizing. And I, and do I say to yeah. her, help me understand, explain it to me, what what are the best No, parts? you keep li- listening to the radio shows. You read it, <laughs> right. you read it, Just My Nature? Yes. You keep... Praying about it. You keep, don't turn to her so much. You, She needs a mom. She needs a parent. Don't put it on her. She'll, she'll give you feedback along the way. Right. But don't make it her job to tell you how to be her parent. Right. See, she, that's not a, that's, she, she's like lost her, it's like, I need my mom, you know. And it, in a way, you're you're saying to her, I'm incapable of being your mom, and she's going to roll her eyes and think, you're, you know, I can't handle you, you know, just leave me alone. Yeah. See, you're you're telling her to treat you that way by your pulling your hair out routine. Right. Because she's picking up on that energy and thinking, why are you so incompetent? Come on, you're a parent. Figure this out. Right. Subconsciously, right. that's what's going on for her, though. You know, it's just you're presenting that, and she's she's lining up with it. Okay. So, hey, I appreciate our conversation. This is going to help Thanks, a Carol. lot. Thanks, It was a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for right. calling. Thank uh-huh. you so Bye-bye. much. Okay, I've got time for one more caller. 801, you're live on the show. Hi, Carol. Hi, what's your name? This is Tasha. Oh, hi, Tasha. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Hey, I just wanted to call in. Um, I relate so much to that last caller and almost the exact exact situation. I have a, a daughter who just turned 10 who's a type 4. I mean, she just turned 11. Um, but I can. I just wanted to to tell you and her and anybody who's listening how different our relationship is. And after... Um, doing all of the things that you just talked about, um, our yeah, you're in it. You you've been at it longer. Yeah, for about a yeah. year, and I'm a type two also, the type okay. four, <laughs> and um, our relationship has changed dramatically. Um, we don't really have 
the problems that we used to anymore just because of that, um, of just what you talked about. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear from, from her friends' mothers about all the problems that they're facing. You know, and we still have problems, but it has drastically changed and lessened because of this program. And yeah, well, you, have, you have, have still have those opportunities that present themselves that you have to, like, get your next learning of how do we work this out. Right. Because we're so different. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and it is. Our relationship is, is just amazing. We're best buds. and That's so um, cool. Yeah, so it's there is hope. <laughs> and it's if you keep at it and you, you keep doing the things that, that you suggest, it, it will happen. Well, so. you're a good example, Tasha, of you know, my whole um, the concept of why we're calling the book The Child Whisperer is once you really understand the basics and you really start to apply this, the mechanics of energy profiling and understand the nature and all the movement and all that, you get your own ahas. You get your own intuitive hits as a parent. You don't need me standing there going, you should do this. You get them on your own. You know, aren't yeah. you, didn't you tell me, um, I even said that you actually, not not that you want the challenges, but you're comfortable mm-hmm. and it's it's okay. It's almost like, you don't mind the troubleshooting because you know you're going to receive the inspiration you need based on the foundation you have now. Right. Well, yeah, and, and you're, it, in, in my type 2 nature, I'm a peacemaker. So when conflict would used to come, I would kind of freak out. And instead, oh, yeah. of, um, like that mother said, she'd kind of pull away because she didn't, it was uncomfortable. But now right. it's like, okay, when my type 4 daughter has an issue, it's like, okay, we can do this. You know, we... We have yeah. tools, we understand each other, and we just we resolve things, and we get through things, and oh my gosh, I just, I'm so grateful for that, because for a little bit, I When I, I you know, see, this, is a, this is interesting, because your daughter's going to go more into her head, and you need to stay in your heart. Don't match right. her head to head. She'll take you out every time, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. <laughs> if you yeah. try and meet her on an intellectual plane... See, I, you know, that actually for um, the mom that just called in, that's another tip. If you get into the whole mind game with your type 4 kids and you're not a type, you know, you're going to, It's a, especially if you're a type 2, you have to stay in your feeling place mm-hmm. and come from yeah, that place. I, yeah, I remember thinking, I'm, I'm not, I can't be her mother. I don't know how I'm going to parent her. She's too... She's too smart. She's too witty. It was just it was yeah. too much for me. But yeah. now it's it's not that way at all. When uh, you tried you know, to match your, you know, it's like you, but your parenting comes from your emotional self, mm-hmm. and you understand that in her, and now you can work it out. That's awesome. I, right. I, you're one of our poster parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thanks. I, you know, this has changed my life, and I just I want everyone. Oh, I appreciate to you. Be able to do the so. same. So thank you, Carol. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Thank you. You're welcome. That's great. So there's this evidence that I um, appreciate Tasha calling in. She's been a follower of this work for, um, you know, over a year and applied it, and it's awesome that her success stories, and you're all going to create those success stories. It's really important not to focus on what you don't want. To, to, if you haven't read my book, you, you, I encourage you to read my book, Remembering Wholeness, you can find that at carolpuddle.com to understand really clearly that what you focus on, you flow energy to, you create more of. And so that's another important piece of the parenting model that I teach is learn and understand the laws of creation because create what you want. Be an active creator as a parent. And I'll have to put a little something in the book about a little snippet of referring people to that book to understand those principles so they can be more proactive through intention, affirmation, and really focusing on what they want and creating a successful parent-child relationship. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Next week I'm going to be talking about the wounded adult and I'm going to briefly look at what is, if you're to parent a child contrary to their nature, what's most likely to happen to them in their adult years? Because I can tell you real easily, because these are all the adults 
that most of my work has been focused on the, through the last 20 years. So I want to give you the flip side, you know, the, well, if you just ignore this, what might happen, which you really, really can prevent. So thanks for tuning in today. I'll talk to you next week. For more information on Carol's revolutionary energy profiling system and her natural healing methods, go online to Carol's blog at www.thecarolblog.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking energy profiling book, It's Just My Nature, and her best-selling energy healing book, Remembering Wholeness. That's www.thecarolblog.com for all of Carol Tuttle's amazing resources. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Better Parenting Show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being part of today's show.